I'm Dr. Kirsten Lauritsen. I'm a personal functional medicine practitioner for high performers and professional athletes. And I've worked with athletes in many different sports from the US sailing team to endurance sports and triathlon, CrossFit and professional tennis players across the board in any sport. Maintaining a foundation of a healthy body and mind is crucial for long-term success. This is the podcast that will show you how to apply the principles of a healthy body and mindset to achieve high performance all from the inside out. This is the Fit and Healthy Athlete Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fit and Healthy Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirsten Lordson, and today we're going to talk about a couple of different things, a few things that are top of mind for me. And one of them has to do with the mitochondria and the gut microbiome and the crosstalk between the two. We're also going to talk about a recent training that I went through that has given me an entirely new perspective on how the brain and the body communicate with each other and how the brain and the body can each influence each other. So the your neurology, your brain can influence your physiology, and your physiology also can influence how your brain is functioning as well. And so we're going to talk a lot about that today because it's a whole nother piece uh, adding to what I already do as far as working with athletes and people. So first things first, before we dive in, I have an online course that is launching on the 23rd. It will open on the 23rd and there are already athletes that are going through the program as it becomes released every single week. So if you want to be in that group that is going through it together and is getting all basically everything that I do, everything that I I use when working with athletes, every single piece of the foundation of of what creates a both healthy and fit athlete that can perform really really well and incorporates a lot of the things that we're going to talk about today in this podcast. If you are interested in getting signed up for that, definitely get in touch with me. Either send me an email or find me on social media at Dr. Kirsten and send me a message, and I would be happy to get that link sent over to you so that you can check out the online course. It's going to be awesome. It, As I said, it has everything. We're talking about micronutrient deficiencies. We're talking about inflammation. We're talking about the gut. We're talking about your feeling and your nutrition sleep and recovery and we're also going to be diving in as well into the mitochondria so if you are interested definitely definitely let me know okay so today we are going to talk about your first first we're going to talk about your mitochondria and your gut so if you are not sure if you've never heard of the mitochondria before first off Your mitochondria are organelles inside of your cell. Uh, So we have obviously tons of cells. We are made up of cells. And these these mitochondria are inside of your cell and they they generate energy. They generate ATP. So they are part of what allows you to be able to live and function. Uh, Without the mitochondria, the cell doesn't live, right? So... They are a very, very critical piece of this. And the mitochondria are very important um, and have been looked at a lot as it comes to endurance exercise um, because, I mean, we have thousands, hundreds of thousands of mitochondria and the, the 
number and size and shape of the mitochondria vary a lot uh, based on physiological conditions and also different types of stimuli such as endurance, exercise, high temperature, diet, hormones. It's all connected, right? And one of the things that they've looked at as well is the quality and the number of mitochondria that elite pro athletes have, you know, that really function and compete at that high level have um, mitochondria that in some ways correlate or could potentially connect or promote that sort of performance, right? They, they are your, these mitochondria are your main energy producers. They oxidize fats and sugars in order to generate ATP. They uh, also, they will use a little bit of protein as well in order to make that uh, ATP, which is known as what you experience as energy. It's called adenosine triphosphate. They are, um, they use a bunch of different processes and a bunch of different pathways in order to do that. And they require a lot of different types of micronutrients in order to do their job throughout the, the whole cycle. And that's something that you don't hear about a lot. You, you might have heard of the Krebs cycle or the PCA cycle or any of those things. But one of the things that you don't hear about are all the different types of vitamins and minerals that you need in order for that carb, that fat in order to be produced into energy. And those can be things like magnesium and manganese and B vitamins and all sorts. You need a lot of different types of vitamins and minerals in order to make that process happen. So that's another reason why testing for micronutrient deficiencies and just being aware of what your specific needs are based on your specific uh, lifestyle and training style and needs and all of those pieces it's really critical to know and have baseline set so that you are aware of what you need, right? Because if you are functioning at a very high level, as far as in sport anyway, having exactly what you need so that the body can go through each of these processes really well is really important. It also helps to, to reduce any uh, possibilities of, of things going wrong, right? Like we can't prevent things necessarily, but we can reduce the likelihood of some things happening. And part of that can be just like severe fatigue. It can be pain. It can be injuries. There's lots of lots of areas where the the functioning of these organelles, these mitochondria, are really really important. They also are involved in metabolic processes as well as um, calcium homeostasis, and so basically maintaining your calcium levels. Also, they are important for cells being able to communicate to each other, and they also are in charge of what uh, what tells the cell to die. Essentially, if we don't if the cell no longer is able to function at its best, the mitochondria are part of what, what produces that and tells the body to kill that cell and for that cell to die. So it's actually a really important thing. The other really interesting thing about the mitochondria is that they produce something called reactive oxygen species. And typically when you hear reactive oxygen species uh, or reactive radical oxygen species, what you usually hear is they're bad, right? So they Oxidative stress is is a buildup of stress on the body that can lead to issues, um, fatigue, any of the things I just mentioned, um, getting sick, injuries, all of those things. And, and what's interesting about the mitochondria is that they do produce those reactive oxygen species, um, partly because it's just what they do in the process of generating ATP. So this is one of the reasons why it's really important to be getting a lot of different types of nutrients from food, your whole, like 
wide rainbow of foods, uh, lots of veggies, lots of fruits, uh, lots of antioxidants coming in through food. Part of the reason for that is because those antioxidants that are coming through in through food are able to read to uh, neutralize those reactive oxygen species. So we just we need to have them there. We just don't want them to be in excessive amounts, right? Because that can then lead to damage of the mitochondria and the cell. So that's the mitochondria. The next piece of this and being able to set up the stage for how the mitochondria and the GI tract correlate and work together and communicate together. So your gut microbiome, uh, all of the bacteria there, oops, all of the bacteria there do communicate with your mitochondria and vice versa, right? There's communication going both ways. And so in the gut alone, um, there it contains, um, and who actually knows if these numbers are really correct? Because every I, I, I read a study probably like 10 years ago at this point, and it was saying a different number than we say now. So who really knows you know, how many uh, microorganisms and things we really have? But um, there are some studies that are suggesting that we have about 100 trillion microorganisms, and um, there's a, like around maybe 160 species and 9 million genes in this entire bacterial microbiome that is in your gut alone. And the gut microbiome, the bacteria that are there are very critical for you as the host. You are the host of those micro of those bacteria. And they are very essential as far as making sure that you are able to digest the food that you eat and be able to absorb the food that you eat. They also help to neutralize a lot of like toxins, drugs, carcinogens, as well as um, helping to be able to break down fats and absorb those well. They also help you break down the food so that you can actually use and absorb B, B9, um, folate, as you might have heard it is folate or folic acid, as well as any of your K vitamins, especially K2. Vitamin K2 is uh, uh, very reliant on the gut microbiome. And then they also produce things called short-chain fatty acids. This is your gut microbiome um, makes that based off of the fibers and the food that you eat. And that's going to be really critical coming up in a little bit. So overall, um, these basically what we've what they've looked at as far as with the mitochondria and how they communicate with the gut microbiome is in a few ways. So first off, and this is really critical for athletes, right? So we're talking about energy production here. We're also talking about that um, oxidative stress and the the free radicals as well as your immune function and inflammation and. These are these are really important when we think about an athlete, right? Because oxidative stress and just stress from lifestyle and training and the, the things that can sort of add up, right? We need to be considering the role that the mitochondria play in in that process and, and making sure that we're really taking care of our mitochondria, especially considering that stress can be a really big issue. And also noting too that when we're looking at especially like endurance athletes and this I, I realize I'm talking specifically about endurance athletes in this, but this can apply to a lot of different athletes in a lot of different sports. But one of the things that we want is to make sure that the that you have enough energy towards the end of whatever it is that you're doing, and the mitochondria in many ways can help to facilitate that. So 
that's a really important piece to remember. The other thing is that the mitochondria um, are really essential for regulating your immune system. And you don't necessarily hear this very often, but it is really important to remember because if you have something called leaky gut in the GI tract, we've talked about this on this podcast before, and you can go back to previous episodes, and I guarantee you it will come up again. But it, um, they, they, they were calling it intestinal permeability or looking at uh, intestinal barrier function. It's basically just where your GI tract, the lining of your gut is what makes it a tube that runs through your body. And the, that's how you absorb a lot of the foods that you eat. You absorb hydration, you absorb nutrients, everything goes through that, you know, your small, your stomach, your small intestine, your large intestine. And a lot of your immune system is at the level of the GI tract. Um, originally, they said it was 40 to 60%. And I've heard it's up to now 70% of your immune system is at the level of your gut. However you want to look at it, a lot of your immune system is at the level of the GI tract, right? So the reason I bring this up is because if you have issues with that intestinal barrier where you have something maybe called leaky gut uh, or intestinal permeability, it affects how your gut functions and how you're able to absorb food. It also interacts and can affect how your gut and your mitochondria are communicating as well. And it can, there is also a possibility that the mitochondrial membranes themselves can get a bit leaky as well. And we've also heard that leaky gut can go with leaky brain. The reason I bring this up is not to confuse you and not to make you think like, oh my gosh, there's going to be a million things wrong if there's this one thing. It's more to say that if you have symptoms in one place or and or if you have symptoms that are all over the body, like inflammation can show up in many different places in the body. It's very common for people to do something like chasing pain or chasing symptoms where they are like, okay, well, I have pain here. So this is the only place that I'm going to look. I have symptoms here. This is the only place where I'm going to look for those symptoms. And I'm only going to look for treatment that incorporates only that one thing. From everything that I just said before this, <laughs> this is all based on many different articles and a lot of different evidence that have shown that the mitochondria and your gut function together. So point being, we don't just want to look at one place if there's problems. And this is, and also for if, if there aren't problems, if you're not looking for pro like chasing down problems that are preventing you from being able to move forward, if you are looking for optimal performance, this is that step even further of really looking into how each of these systems function and making sure that you have everything that you need so that each and every one of those systems can function really well. So another thing that I wanted to talk about as well, because this takes us into that next step of like, okay, that's cool. I have mitochondria. That's cool. I have a gut microbiome and they're all connected and it relates to my inflammation and my immune system and all of those bits and pieces. 
the next layer of this usually is people start going, okay, I get it. I've got all those things, but what do I do about it? And this is where it's really awesome. And we will, at the end of this, this episode, um, start talking about what some of, what are some of the things that you can be doing. One of them though, is looking at the different types of foods and fibers that you bring into your GI tract. Really, really common for people with GI-related symptoms to cut a lot of foods out because they get symptoms when they eat food. So it starts to create a little bit of fear around food. It starts to create this like, well, is today going to be the day that I'm bloated for the rest of the day because... I ate something and it was fine yesterday, but it's not fine today. So it starts to create a lot of these kind of negative interactions with food because you don't feel very good after eating certain foods. So part of what we want to work towards is not eliminating foods. We might do that in the beginning, but our goal will be to actually improve the diversity of the amounts of foods that you eat. And one of the reasons why we want to do that, especially in terms of sports performance, is that short-chain fatty acids are broken down. Um, well, they are created by bacteria in your gut breaking down different types of fibers. So the types, and also this is also really, really important because, again, this is like why diversity really matters. So first off, short-chain fatty acids um, can affect your mitochondria energy metabolism, uh, and then they also can control mitochondrial functions, which is why they are suggesting that your microbiome then can, so they create all these different types of short-chain fatty acids, which communicate to your mitochondria, which then leads to you feeling energy, to you feeling any of the benefits that you get from the mitochondria, which are essential for optimal sports performance. So, and, and taking this a step further, the different types and amounts of those short-chain fatty acids that are made by the gut all depend on the different types of, of diversity of the different type of gut bacteria that you have in your gut. It all depends on the, basically the composition of the gut microbiome. And it, then that takes it a step further, and all of that gut microbiome, that community, that composition of, the, of all the different types of gut bacteria rely on the different types of macro and micronutrients that you get from food. So this is why when we start to cut a lot of different types of fruits and vegetables and, and we start to limit the number of foods that we consume – we start to basically affect all the different types of bacteria in the GI tract. We start to affect what then those bacteria produce, which then affects our mitochondria and other things in our body, and ultimately can lead to all the different types of symptoms that are associated with that. The key, though, right, is to then work towards having a really diverse gut microbiome. The key then is to work towards making sure that that diverse gut microbiome is in really good balance so that you can have a really well-functioning immune system and we can make sure that you, if you have any leaky gut or intestinal permeability, that that is all cleaned up so that that barrier can function really well and is in exactly how it's supposed to. And then we can make sure that the crosstalk between all of these different areas are all 
doing that in a very well-oiled machine manner. That makes sense? So that is the start of looking into how the mitochondria and the gut microbiome communicate. And that's, you know, that's just one thing. That's one looking at one aspect of the body. The gut also communicates with the brain. It communicates with your muscles and your joints and there's all the, and then it affects your it can play a role in your hormones, right? So there's there's a lot of different aspects and areas of how the GI tract can influence um, your gut. Also, not to mention that um, they they looked at the the gut microbiome in mice that had diabetes and and cardiovascular disease, and they they basically took the gut microbiome of of those mice and put them in. Uh, mice without diabetes and cardiovascular disease and the mice who didn't have that but then had the transplant of that bacteria ended up getting diagnosed with diabetes and heart disease. So let's keep in mind that the gut bacteria play a very, very large role in the expression of, gen of genetics, of genes that we have, okay? So all of that being said, <laughs> Moving on to the next piece. So we can know all of these things, right, about how the gut works and that we need to be getting more uh, different types of bacteria into the gut and we can be doing all of that stuff and we can be making sure that we're eating the rainbow and that our mitochondria are super happy and super healthy and they have everything that they need and they're just humming along really nicely. And <laughs> we can be doing all of those things and if you have a belief that something isn't going to get better, we are going to run into problems. What do I mean by that? Over just the past week, week and a half, <laughs> I've also seen this in my practice long, long before this, but one of the things that I, I, I have recognized is that the the body we can look at physiology all day long and the brain also has a very significant impact on how the body functions so athletes will come with you know oh well you know my gi tract is is um i've had a lot of issues with my gut oh yeah well i have knee pain oh yeah well i have um shoulder pain oh yeah i have this uh, and the list can go on and on, right? And it's never actually just the knee pain, or it's never actually just gut pain. When you get deeper into it, there are a lot of different types of beliefs and decisions and emotions that we can have around these different things that are happening that can hold us back from moving forward. I want you to picture this, okay? So somebody comes in with, uh, let's say, let's just take like uh, any sort of like joint pain that maybe they've had for a while. They've seen a lot of different doctors about it. This can apply to hormones. This can apply to gut, gut stuff. It can apply to anything, okay? So autoimmune disease, all the things. You can just take this. This is, a, this is just a story <laughs> that you can take and apply in many different scenarios. I want you to picture somebody who has, who has knee pain, okay, or shoulder pain or any kind of joint pain. They've seen all sorts of different types of doctors. They've tried all sorts of different types of things, and they're 
kind of running out of hope that this is ever going to get better or they're going to have to do something that they don't want to do, which maybe could look like surgery or something. Something like that. Or it's never going to get better. If there is a belief underneath the surface that this is never going to get better, and it's never going to heal, I'm always going to be dealing with pain. I'm always going to be, you know, dealing with problems with this joint. This problem has always been a problem. Oh, I'm just broken. And you're like, you're free from any of these if these don't align with you, right? But the, if, if you can see though, and I, and the thing is, is like, at first I was like, oh, I wonder how athletes are going to respond to this. And then I realized that this is actually one of the most critical pieces for athletes, right? Because think about it this way, if you have like a, a pain and then you're also seeing a decline in performance and or you're not being able to reach that next thing that you're trying to accomplish, like, oh, I don't know, uh, being second microseconds away from qualifying for the Olympic trials or um, looking at like you are um, like a, a pole vaulters, right? They, 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 um, it's a very, very, very big mindset sport where you are, you know, trying to hit that next, that next height, that next level that you you want to accomplish, and it can be very uh, challenging. If you also believe that it's challenging, then yeah, it's going to be challenging, right? But th those those can be very challenging PRs to hit. But any any of those scenarios in any of those situations, or like, oh, let's say you just keep getting second and third, and you just can't quite get first, or you've got a lot of pain in some way, in somewhere and it's not getting better and now you're starting to also see along with it that your performance is declining and you know there's just layers and layers and layers of stress that goes on with that all of those pieces we can dig into on the physiological level absolutely and we will because it's a really really important piece and also if you hold any of those beliefs that this is going to be hard that this is never going to come easy that you can never achieve anything without insanely hard work or i am in any of the like i am beliefs right like i um i'm never going to get better uh i'm broken um i mean the list goes on there's a lot of them and they're sneaky when you know you really got to the bottom of it, though, is when you realize that that really connects a lot of the pieces that go along with this. Like, this is, this is something that's always going to be holding you back. It's a big one, right? I want to be able to spend this many more years competing in a sport but right now I'm questioning if I'm really going to be able to do that. If that's something that keeps kind of being repeated in the back of your mind over and over and over again, what do you think might come out of that, right? So one of the things that we want to think about here is that we are looking at not just the, the functional medicine level of things, and we're not just looking at how all of these individual pieces function. So your mitochondria, your gut, your nutrient absorption, your brain, all those pieces, right? We want to make sure that your joints have everything that they need and your muscles are able to function really well and that 
And we can talk about all of that, you know, hydration, fueling, nutrition, all of those pieces. And then we can, you know, dive deeper into to that. We can also dive into all of the mindset stuff, right? We can go really deep into these limiting beliefs and all of these bits and pieces and not address any of the functional medicine side of things. It's the whole picture here is what I'm trying to say. We don't just look at any one situation in isolation. We look at we look at every single piece because we can do all of the functional medicine things and for some people that's going to work really well and you're going to get the results you're looking for. For others, you're going to do all the functional medicine things and all of the sports nutrition things and stoics medicine things and all of that and you're still going to potentially see problems. So where's that coming from? And for some people, they dive really heavily into the mindset piece and that is a very powerful piece and then they don't ever really address the functional medicine side. And then, you know, there's pieces that can be essentially like left off the table there. So I just think that a very, very common misconception around health and performance is that we look at a lot of those things in isolation. Like if there's a problem, we're only going to look at that one spot in that one area. My suggestion is that there's there's a lot more going on, right? So uh, uh, for a lot of you know high level pro athletes, we want to be looking at the whole picture. For anybody, we want to be looking at the whole picture, but specific and specifically when we are looking at very high functioning individuals who rely on all of these things functioning and 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 really like powering on all cylinders. There's a lot more to the picture that that can be don't you know we can dive into, and there's a lot of power and a lot of change that can come out of of uh, being able to really dive into the to the whole picture of things. So looking at functional medicine, looking at mindset, and digging into some of these like limiting beliefs and any big emotions that you might be, you know, carrying forward with you because anything that we have as a belief is a perception and then that can then be translated into the future, right? So we we if you have a belief, your actions will be made off of that belief, which then creates like those actions create your future. Here's an example of what I mean by that. Um, this one's more in like maybe business related. So some of you will kind of align with this and you'll, you'll get it. And some of you might just have to kind of see how it, how it relates. But, um, let's say you have a belief in business that, uh, here's, I mean, this is, this is absolutely one that I've had to, to learn and, and to tackle that, um, oh, what's a good one that like, if I put myself out there and I ask, uh, like, okay, here's here's one. Um, well, there's just like so many, so bear with me while I'm trying to pick one. But like hearing no, right? Like putting yourself out there and getting a no that uh, you know they they don't want to work with you can bring up a lot of different types of beliefs, right? A lot of them, like, oh, well, maybe I'm not good enough. 
okay, well, maybe I don't know enough. Maybe I don't have enough experience. Yeah. So any of those different types of beliefs, right, can then can then say, okay, well, I'm just not going to put myself out there. I'm not going to act on that, right? So your actions in many ways are made out of the beliefs that you have. So if we can change the belief, if we can change that pathway that you've created into a highway, into a footpath to start, and then we'll eventually make it into a highway as well. But if we can change that belief into something that serves you towards getting to your next goal, it's amazing what happens when you do that. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that in some ways it becomes easier. In some ways, it just makes it lighter and less fired, less emotional. And sometimes that alone can really change how we do things. The other thing, and how we experience things in our daily life. The other thing too, is that when we change uh, that belief as well, it then influences our actions. And then that influences our future. The, I mean, there, I, we can go so many different places with this, right? The, it, it's just, you know, if you're going to, if you believe that you're not, you're not going to heal and that you're not going to get healthy, okay, it's going to be really hard to heal. So, you know, if that's, if you're also believing like, oh, well, you know, never going to, this pain's never going to go away. It's going to be hard to uh, get that pain to go away, right? Find those answers and find those solutions. And the thing is, too, is like doctors in and of themselves are designed to guide you. Like we are not going to heal you. Your body can heal itself. We are just supposed to be here to help facilitate that. And that's really it, right? Just might need a medication or you might need a supplement or you might need to get a little bit deeper into some nutrition pieces or maybe make some lifestyle changes or maybe we need to make some changes in some thought patterns and beliefs and emotions that you've been carrying for a really, really long time. I don't know. Could be a lot of different things. So here are some specific things that you can do uh, as far as if you are looking to just make some changes as far as this goes. First off, I'll tie this back into what I talked about at the beginning of the episode, but the in the online course, I'm offering a bonus for uh, anyone who gets in now. Um, one of those, one of the bonuses is that you will get an entire um, module, an entire section all on labs and lab work and where you can order the, that lab work for yourself is kind of nice you don't need to go through a doctor and yes those labs can be a little complicated to read that is true all and i'm going to be walking you through in those modules at least some of the pieces of what those labs can mean so if there's a positive or a negative what that could mean and that will get you started towards working in the right direction for whatever you need so that's a bonus that's going to be there where you can order the labs that I run with all of my patients and also how to read those labs from the perspective of like, okay, 
uh, if it's this or that. And I will also say when you you know need to look into this more because it's you know maybe more of a serious age issue or you know whatever it is that that comes up. Uh, it's not meant to be medical advice, right? It's just it's just information. It's collecting information about what's going on in your body so that you can get access to it and you can start finding whatever the solutions are that you need for yours. The, the, the steps that you can take beyond just getting lab testing that will dive into what's going on with your gut microbiome and what's going on with your mitochondria and what's going on with, you know, all of those. We can look at neurotransmitters. We can look at hormones and into a, a much deeper level as far as what's going on with your hormones. Um, uh, just getting a blood panel that shows like just TSH as far as your thyroid panel goes isn't enough. Um, so specific steps that you can take beyond that would be first off, we talked about it already, right? Making sure you're eating a wide range of different types of fruits and vegetables. And if you cannot do that, it would be good to find somebody that can walk you through fixing the GI tract so you can eat more of those different types of fruits and veggies and those different types of fibers. The other thing too, and I will say this, I, I do think that uh, meat, animal protein does play a role here and that it is a good thing to have. I also think that based on a lot of research and a lot of looking into where we get a lot of nutrients from, if you can incorporate in some organ meat like liver and heart, those are loaded with different types of nutrients and micronutrients. And so there's, there's definitely a role that those can play for sure. They're not always the easiest to find, especially from good quality that's really critical, getting it from really good quality and like uh, raised, well-raised animals, right? And they can, like, they're, they're really, really awesome for, for filling in some of those gaps. The other thing, too, is to, make is to make sure that, you know, you're staying outside and getting sun when you can and breathing fresh air and, um, you know, getting exercise. Those are all going to influence your microbiome as well making sure that you're getting a lot of different types of fermented foods. Now, I know for some of the people out there that are dealing with high histamine issues, some of these are not going to work for you, like foam broth and your kefirs and your um, any of your fermented foods are going to be a little bit harder to deal with if you're dealing with high histamine. Again, that would be, you know, getting deeper into what's causing the high histamine and what's going on there. So you, obviously you want to take some deeper steps into, into that. Also, if you have leaky gut, Putting in a lot of different types of bacteria from food may not be your best option. It would be best to heal the leaky gut first. If none of if you don't have GI symptoms though, and you are looking to improve your GI tract health and diversity, yeah, lots of different types of fibers from different types of veggies and fruits, wide variety. Eat the rainbow every single day. Lots and lots and lots of those. Also, making sure that you are getting things like kefir and sauerkraut and kombucha and kimchi and, I mean, all the fermented foods and all of the, the cultured foods, like cultured sour cream and um, I think even, like, if you do dairy, uh, like, cottage cheese is an example, or yogurt, right? Like, any of those uh, are just easier sources to find. And then you can also ferment your own veggies and you can eat pickled foods, right? So, like, all of those different pieces are, are really great, as well as, like, whole grains. Also really good for the gut too. So we don't want to eliminate those completely either. 
if you have, and then there's always caveats here, like I recognize I'm talking to potentially a lot of athletes and to potentially even a lot of endurance athletes. So the amount of fiber that you eat before a race day might need to decrease. But these are all things that are going to be really good to have in your diet and in your routine around when you are training and any of those high sugar fuel sources that you have, right? This is all about balancing out the, the whole routine and the whole day and everything that you're taking in. So these are these are really, really important pieces that, that make up um, not just for your overall health, but also for your performance too. So I, uh, I hope that this has been helpful. If you are interested in that online course that I mentioned, please let me know. It will be running always. So if you are not listening to this episode this week, the online course is available to you. Just head over to my website at drpearson.com and you'll be able to find it there. And if you also sign up for my um, for at drpearson.com slash finish strong for a free guide where I go into a lot of detail that I, you know, we just talked about all of those different areas, the, the foundational areas of inflammation and micronutrient deficiencies and gut health and mitochondrial health and da, 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 like all of those things, fueling, cramping, all of, all of the stuff, bonking. <laughs> I, I covered all of that in, in that in that free guide for you so that you have that first step of where to go next. That, uh, if you sign up for that at drpearson.com slash finish strong, you can get into a workshop and then into the online course at a discounted rate. So definitely make sure to check that out. And if you have any questions, then come on over to uh, find me on on Instagram or Facebook at drpearson.com or at drpearson. And I can uh, help you get into any any of the courses or any of the things that you need. So that'll be a good fit for you. So Uh, Thank you for listening, and I will be back next week. If you have any questions about this episode or it brings up anything, feel free to reach out as well, and I would love to have a conversation with you. All right, we'll see you next week. Take care. Hey, did you know that up to 70% of athletes may be deficient in at least one micronutrient, if not potentially deficient in two or more? Micronutrient deficiencies like vitamin D, iron, calcium, vitamin E, B12, B9 are super common in athletes. And they can lead to things like fatigue, they can lead to injuries and fractures, getting sick a lot and missing practice to unexplained pain and a lot more. On the flip side though, athletes who corrected nutrient deficiencies saw improvements in VO2 max, vertical jump, grip strength, force, improved delayed onset muscle soreness, and a lot more. That's why I created the Strong to the Finish Line free guide for athletes like you to be able to train and compete symptom-free so that you can have the confidence and the power to perform at your best. Get this guide for free at drkirsten.com slash finishstrong.